jasmine, oolong, green, and white. Long ago, these four teas were skillfully brewed at the Blissful Brew. Then, everything changed when the shop's popularity threatened its existence. All Mr. Okoron, the shop's owner and tea master, could do was to recruit four teenage orphans to learn his trade and staff his shop. A year has passed since the orphans were hired, and although their skills have progressed, they still have a lot to learn before they can brew anything. But I believe that they have the potential to make the Blissful Brew the greatest tea shop in the world. Last time on Benders and Brews, an Avatar Legends podcast. So after waking up the next morning, the ship approaches the city of Yudao and begins pulling into the docks, where they plan to leave the ship and our gang, along with a group of pirates led by the captain, who will follow them ashore and continue to seek out the alleged treasure. Of course, our heroes don't want these tagalongs, and so they decide to leap off the rear of the ship into the waters below and swim themselves the short distance to the wooden ship docks awaiting for them. Um, and now that you've disappeared into the city, you find yourselves in the squares, bustling, people going to and from work. One thing that you start to notice is that uh, there's definitely become a very heavy Fire Nation population in the area. Bill, go go insert yourself into their pie show conversation. You do this all the time with old timers. Oh, we're here looking for someone. Who are you looking for? Mayu Yin Yu! And as you say that name, the pieces just kind of slide out of their hands. And they, they both have kind of these gaping open mouths. But it is not wise to shout the name Mayu Yin Yu when the Fire Nation is around. He's an entertainer, uh, but he's also a leading member of the local's uh, rescue team squadron. If you are searching for Mayu Yinyu, Mayu Yinyu will find you. Try, try the performance hall, the local theater, yes. Oh wait, guys, I I also gotta know. What's this it? weird like owlcat thing just came swooping in and dropped something and, you know, I, I picked it up. So you want to speak to Mayu. Unfortunately, we the Yu Dao faction rescue team squadron will need to see proof that you're not a Fire Nation spy by hitting them where it hurts in a way that no Fire Nation sympathizer would dare to do. Luckily for you, I'll give you a choice between the three. Pick one and attach it to the owl and we'll send the details for the task. Do the task and we'll tell you where you can talk to Mayu. One, sabotage. Two, steal. Three, Break free. Sabotage. Yeah, you seems easy. want to burn down half the city. Alright, welcome. Welcome back to another episode of Benders and Brews. We're on episode 10. Two more episodes after this, and it'll be the end of season two. And we'll have all kinds of cool fun announcements. Uh, I'm gonna keep this fast and quick so we can jump back into the episode here. Um, let's kick things off with uh, with Connor, aka Brock Lee. Do you got a you got a fun fact over there for me for Brock Lee? I do. I got a fun fact for you. So do um, tell. While working at the Blissful Brew, uh, Brock is known to leave early just about every day that he can. <laughs> he just sort of it's just his routine. He's supposed to work until four o'clock. Three thirty rolls around, and he is just up chilling. In his rock bed, he's oh, okay. chilling, doing his thing. Mr. Okoran knew about it. He's just 
You know, it just became sort of his thing. He's got flex scheduling. Flex scheduling, yeah. <laughs> right on. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, Dave, a.k.a. Guau. Guo. Guo Guau. Brock never wondered why he had to start a half hour earlier than everyone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the schedule. <laughs> that is how flex scheduling works usually. <laughs> uh, what's, uh, what's Guo's interesting fact for this week? Guo. So he writes haikus in his journal. Yes. So here is a haiku. From his journal. Enter an alley. Behold a hole in the wall. Surprise, noodle shop. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. That's amazing. Fantastic. Uh, 10 out of 10. I do have to ask. Yes. How many rocks, you know, on the rating scale? The rating scale did he rate that noodle shop? Oh, it's probably a solid Cold boulder. Nice. Solid boulder. Nice. High praise. Wow. High praise. High praise. It's a great noodle shop. Uh, all right, moving on. Cameron, aka Bill Door. What is your interesting fact? Uh, Bill Door's favorite number is thirty-five. All right, next. <laughs> Okay, interesting. Uh, Were you good? Your favorite number too? I was thinking. About it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just let. I don't the know how you guys can just come up with some other ideas on the why. Uh, well, I don't know. Fair fair everyone needs a favorite number. <laughs> Sometimes we don't really understand why. Rock's got a secret lover. That's you true. Never tell us their name. Oh. Or the Rock's name. Yes. Uh, Michaela, a.k.a. Mika, what an interesting fact do you have for Mika? Um, Mika's fun fact is that... She's that. also a mime. <laughs> oh, that'd be bad. Well, we did just learn that she she's really good at interpretive dance. That or she's very lucky. Or very lucky. Have you ever in, has Mika ever interpretive danced before? She's watched it. She's never done it before. So that last episode was the first time she ever interpreted dance. Probably. I mean, she There's lived, your fun fact, she lived in the woods for a long time. That she did. She was Where, friends, so you were she interpretive she was, dancing she was in the, the woods? <coughs> the only shit no, 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 in those really <laughs> woods were the she trees. She wanted to have music to interpretive dance. You know what I mean? Oh. Usually interpretive dance to the music that right. is being played. Mm. But she didn't really have music. She, she didn't just really have had music. the sounds of nature. Yeah. And so then that's how she got the natural movements of, of water. Of the water down because yeah. that's what she used as the rhythm. I mean, her other fun fact was, you know, that she watched fish and made up stories for them. So oh, yeah, we, that's true. Hey, that fits. She's kind of a weird kid. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, we'll take it. All right, sounds good. My name's Skylar. I'm the Game Master. Uh, my interesting fact is that I am currently working on a real-life clue game for my workplace, and I'm very excited to see how that turns out. I am involved in a lot more games other than Avatar Legends, so... Um, can I... What is it called? Murder someone? No. Nope. Sure. That's not what it's going to say. We're actually doing an office Job shadow. No. Job shadow. No. <laughs> that where, day. Where you crash the party or whatever. Oh. You crash the party. You yeah, wanna I want to. I want to play real life clue game. If it works out, if it works out really well, maybe we can get like a big group of us together and, for a Halloween party. Ooh, that would that oh, would be that great. would fit actually really well. Let's do okay, that. Okay, fair point. Yeah. All right. Cool. We just made plans. Uh, sorry, <laughs> yeah. you can't join us for our audience unless you happen to be in our area. 
Uh, whatever they are. Well, no, we're not, not saying a public invite to a Halloween party. That's true. That's how you get vampires. You have to figure out. Exclusive <laughs> club. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> exclusive. Um, whatever the case, uh, thanks for listening. Let's jump into the episode. The last time that you guys... Uh, or last time in the last episode, you guys had infiltrated. You got to you now. You escaped the pirates, at least for now, um, and you <laughs> sort of infiltrated the theater, uh, the local theater, in search of you now, who had allegedly had some connections with the theater. Um, Brock had inspired a potential romantic path that he could go down. Uh, Guo might have a job soon. Uh, Brock, or sorry, Bill definitely doesn't have a job coming soon. Not yet. And Mika most definitely does have a job coming soon. In fact, she was invited to a gala because of her exceptional performance skills. Jeez. Man, Bill, get seems, it together, man. Seems like Bill really Bill, Bill really got the short <laughs> stick in that episode. You kind no, of brought Bill it upon sti- yourself. Bill sticks the longest stick. You overcome. This is, this is like talking about the Captain's sack all over again. Um, whatever the case, you guys are outside the theater, um, as the hour of noon kind of starts to draw near, um, your owl cat returns with a new note. It simply says, there's a factory in Udow that has been repurposed to make large scale weapons. We need you to break into the facility and hit them in several key points in order to severely disable it. And it has like a small sort of drawing of like the city of Udow. This one's a slightly larger note, by the way. Um, And it kind of has like an X on where this factory is located. And sure enough, as you kind of turn your heads, it's not hard to find the large billowing smokestack shooting uh, dark, dark clouds into the sky uh, as you can smell like sulfur and other, you know, factory materials. Um, coming off of it. Nothing a trusty clipboard can't get us into. <laughs> <laughs> you do still have your clipboard. I have your my stone clipboard. clipboard. Hopefully we'll be dry by the time we get there. <laughs> hey, Mika, uh, want to help us out? Well, I'm dry. It's more talking to Gohan. <laughs> on the on the back side of the note, it lists the three areas of this factory they need you to disable, right? The furnace the assembly line, and the casters. So we could probably split up and take all of them, just take down one of them and call it a day. Well, we get there first. That's what you sound like. Uh, it's, a short, sound it's a short, like, maybe 10-minute jaunt over to this factory. And as I said before, it's not hard to find as you see the, the smokes billowing out of the smokestacks above it. Um, the facility itself has uh it's large it's massive it does not have a huge amount of side doors or windows instead it has two men guarding the large iron front gates uh both dressed in fire nation garb any ideas or we can uh, (laughs) what's around on this street is this like i'm guessing it's not a residential area um no but it's not far from the residential area which might spark some sort of depressing thoughts of like what this factory might be doing to the community. Um, but I digress. Um, it's sort of a cleared out area. Everything in this area is dirt. Even the grass itself just kind of doesn't really grow around this factory. 
Um, you do see a small group of construction workers that seem to be adding on or maybe they're retiling the roof or something. They have a large ladder that kind of leads up to the rooftop of this factory over on one corner uh, to the sort of east rear corner. Um, otherwise, like I said, there's the main doors that lead inside. They're large double doors. Uh, currently, they're open, uh, but there are two guards, Fire Nation guards, that stand in front of them at attention. I think it's time we go to the construction workers with the clipboard. I go up and say, I'm, I'm with, uh, with OSHA, sir. I'm here to do a little... Uh, just do a little check of your uh, your construction site. Make sure everything's up to code. Hey, you see him from OSHA. What the what, what exactly is OSHA? <laughs> Office Safety and Health Administration. Office. Mm. Okay. What is what is that? I I go onto these sites and I make sure that you know that your workers are safe in a not in a dangerous situation while. They're uh, while well, they're making what appears to be a roof here for this uh, for this building. Bro, so I, tell tell them to bring out the whole OSHA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to bring out my whole OSHA here for this. Uh, hold, on, hold on now, hold on now. There's no need to bring out oh the whole God. OSHA. <laughs> you this see is it. a pretty exclusive <laughs> construction group. Okay. Uh, what what do you need from me? What do you? I mean, look, you look around. Well, doing okay. I mean, what do you need from me? I I don't need nothing from you. Uh, okay. I just need. Uh, it's probably about ten minutes. I'll be walking around the site, just making sure uh, there's no big dangers to yourself or your okay. employees. Uh, I do have my constituents here with me. Uh, that's the oh, the rest of the ocean. You, I didn't think you. Oh. I so, think you bring out the whole OSHA. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> we already brought out the whole OSHA. So. Is it that bad that we get some kind of reports or something? I, I'd heard some. I mean, I'd heard some rumblings from around this residential area oh, around no. here, but well, uh, they'll just always complain and they don't like the factory. It's not our fault. I I know, sir. I'm just trying to do my job. So if you give me ten minutes, I'll be out of your hair. We'll all be out of your hair in about ten minutes here. All right. All right. So we'll go up to the. Go up to the roof. Oh, you go up the ladder. Yeah. Oh, okay. I gotta go up to the ladder. <laughs> yeah. He he like holds it for you because he's like kind of worried because like the second you step on it, it felt a little rickety. He's like, <laughs> oh, no, that's uh, that's nothing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you guys make it. All four of you just climb up there um, to the roof. The whole ocean. The, the whole ocean. The whole ocean is now so on the room. I think the sad part is we the amount of times we said it and that little bit right there, I still think was less than the amount of times we said it. I in think the you're right. Video. <laughs> is that actually what OSHA stands for? I don't know. I think you're pretty darn close on it. Occupational Safety and Health uh, Administration. Okay. Well, office works too. Well, not really. Not, There's not, not, not necessarily. It's more like a department, but I digress. Anyways. All right, but yeah, so he believed it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, what's what's the deal going on on the roof? Okay, so yes, they are definitely patching up a... They've removed a whole section, a hole, like a H-O-L-E hole. section in the roof. Um, it's not... It doesn't look unclean like something smashed through or something. It's just... It's a hole that they, they personally put in there so they can patch up this roof, just, just to clarify. Um, they've got that hole. You look inside, you can see all the way down to the production floor. There's people in there working. Um, there's a large furnace... Um, you see metal going into this furnace and then you see uh, sort of shovels that are pulling it out. There's, you know, some special metal, whatever you'd call them, like receptacles that pull out the molten 
metal, which gets moved over to one of the assembly lines. It gets dumped into the various casters. The casters are what form the metal into the pieces that are then transported over to the production crew who put the pieces together into these large-scale sort of machines they seem to be. Um, Bill, actually, they would look fairly familiar to you. Mm-hmm. Got it. So uh, I, I walk up to the to the uh, workers who are are there workers over there on the roof on the, on the roof? roof yeah oh yeah the construction workers yeah there's right. a couple of guys over there okay so I'm gonna I'm gonna walk up to them okay and I'm just gonna be like hey guys I'm I'm with OSHA here I just uh, we're what's, all with oh what's OSHA uh, the Occupational Safety Health Administration don't worry about it uh, we are here just to make sure that you guys are you know up to code making sure that there's a lot of all the safety regulations are being met I gotta come here and. Uh, Check out the hole that you guys are working on. Just make sure everything's all right. And I just climb down the hole. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's there's tons of violations, potential <laughs> violations in here. I'm going to have to go deeper in. And I just climb down. I mean, this is just like an open like hole to the, just to the ground. Just tunes floating in midair. As you I mean, there is, there is a rope hanging there. And it's like attached to a nearby like chimney or something. Yeah, I just... I. I just get down the hole as I just start spouting random like OSHA type jargon like oh yeah that's a violation oh man oh when was the last time you guys like took a break you guys even have dental oh dang it I was gonna make that joke I was gonna have him be like look man between you and me we don't even have dental they don't even have dental they don't even have dental tell them Uh, about the whole OSHA oh yeah I guess unfortunately these guys Oh yeah, unfortunately this is such a large site we had to bring out the whole OSHA. So they're gonna be following me around on this uh, site here and we're just gonna This is the easiest uh, episode title that we've had to do with <laughs> so far. Oh, I didn't know okay, what we're doing voices, guys. <laughs> this is almost as bad as the Guaoling factory a couple weeks back. Yeah, my lungs haven't recovered still. <laughs> Mind you, he's a 14-year-old. He's a 14-year-old. He's 12. Am I the only one who's passable for an adult? You're the only one with a normal voice, and you're like a full-grown adult. Also, that's true. Okay, we just have Guo, who's like 12. He's a. I've got. I put Dilbert on as oh. a sort of hard hat, and his tentacles are hanging down like a beard, covered in. Uh, covered in ink, so it looks like a beard. <laughs> that it does. Okay. So yeah, I'm just I'm climbing down in the ocean in through the roof, <laughs> and the I guess they're following behind me, and I'm just spouting the most random. I mean, if you want to be in the factory, sure, yeah, you're already sure. on the roof. We could have walked to the front door, but I guess you took the most rockway yeah, in this building. Bro, I, I flaunt the power of the clipboard wherever I go. <laughs> How are you holding this clipboard as you? Uh, between his thighs, because <laughs> oh, I have to, I have to still be talking. I mean, he's I in arms. <laughs> well, it's true, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I'm either just holding it with my feet, and I'm just slowly lowering myself down with my hands, with my rippling musculatures. I'm realizing that all this time I haven't made you guys do any kind of a trick. <laughs> no. Roll or anything. I was just uh, so convincing. He uh, convinced you. I was say, it was that solid, so I can't argue with it. Oh, it, it would have been a ten. Oh, oh no, it would have been an eleven. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, yep. Yeah, we'll take that. Even though it's late, we'll take it. All right. Because <laughs> at this point, it'd be weird to re- retcon. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, awesome. Okay. So, <laughs> explain to me. So you're just like hanging there, 
like Mission Impossible style from yeah. this rope. I'm just like I'm not even acknowledging what the workers are saying. Okay. I'm just going down, shimmying down, like, oh yeah, this looks like a potential violation. And shimmying down a little more. <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta check out the there's no there's no support beams on this part of the roof. Oh, and I, don't tell me about it. And I just, I get to the floor and then I'm like, I gotta take a look around, make sure there's no structural damage to the rest of the roof. And I just <laughs> start walking into the factory. Is, is that a missing rivet I see? Let me take a closer look. And I start climbing down the roof. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, don't worry, I'll hold the rope, Charles. You hold the rope, yep. But Mika, what are you doing? All these guys are all climbing their way down from the I'm, ceiling. I'm supervising you. Know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. You're <laughs> making sure that they're following yeah. the OSHA group needs a supervisor. You're the OSHA for the OSHA. Yeah. She's super OSHA. Super OSHA. The power of the OSHA. Bring out the super OSHA. <laughs> okay, so, Brock, you're, you're already making your way through... Um, Guo, you finally get down to the ground, so you kind of join with Brock. Is there anything particular you guys are, are moving towards or looking for? Uh, who's got the map? What's that? I mean, a burst gasket? <laughs> oh, I start climbing down the rope myself. <laughs> Does Mika have the map? Do we have a map? I she know, got a map. No, there wasn't a, there wasn't a map. It was just a list. Factory. It was just a map to get to oh, the three things the to stop. Yes. The assembly line, the conveyor belt, and the caster. And the ca- well, the assembly line well, is the, the furnace, the furnace and, the and the caster. Yeah. yeah. So like the furnace and the caster. Okay. <clears throat> All right, guys. Maybe we can find uh, some uniforms. Mm. Maybe they got like a spot they put the dirty ones or something. Uh, you notice sort of like a, a doorway. It's just one of those like swinging doors, kind of like what you'd see at like restaurants that like lead into the kitchen, kind of that sort of setup. Um, and you see a couple of people walk out of them and they are actively retying their aprons on. And so that might suggest to you that maybe there's some sort of a back room back there or some court, some type. Well, let's go there. That way looks promising. All right. So you guys head back there. As you open the door, there's a long, or there's a room with a long table inside of there. Uh, there's a small, like, water... Uh, like a fountain of some kind to like use for you know cleaning your hands or uh, there's a little like spigot that kind of comes out of it that shoots water through it um, in case you like get something in your eyes it's like an eye washing station um, but you definitely see some people sitting around the table they look like they have their little like packaged lunch boxes or whatever the case um, and they're you know eating away at some various foods what are you doing are you still on the roof or did you climb down as well uh, RJ had to climb down. Oh, okay. Okay, you so you're supervising. Okay. Yeah, supervising. Yeah, oh, right. You're supervising your crew. Okay. So did you fall into the back room? Yes, sorry. I'll oh. release <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. So, the, yeah, the four of you are, are in this back room. There's a couple of people eating. They kind of see you come in, and they, they kind of look at you a little bit, like, funny. Like, who are these people? They're not wearing the aprons and stuff, but they, they don't really question you. They just continue eating. Um, you assume that they're probably, like, some pretty... Not to say low-level workers, but they're they're employees here. They don't ask questions. Is there any spot where there could be fresh uniforms? Um, you you see another door, just uh, another swinging door. You see two sets of them. Um, one of them has a little like plaque, or each one has a plaque above the wall. One of them kind of shows the depiction of a man, and one shows the depiction of a woman. Well, obviously, I go into the woman's side. 
right. Nah, I'll go into the men's side and just grab a uniform. Sure. Yeah, same. Okay. All right. Yep. All right. So the three of you guys. Oh, what's is Mika going into into the the men's or the women? You gotta supervise. I guess <laughs> I have to supervise. Yeah, supervise. Yeah, you go into this steamy what shower room. room. No, I'm just Wait, kidding. No, what it's, room it's did a, we go in? It's a pretty standard locker room. There's two benches on the ground. Uh, what do you, uh, two lines to each other are parallel, right? Yeah. Parallel, yeah. Yeah. Okay, two parallel uh, benches sitting there next to each other. Uh, otherwise, the walls are all covered in these, like, sort of um, drawers, wooden drawers. Mm. They wouldn't have metal lockers at this day and age, I don't mm. think. No. They might. No. Because no. Michaela confirms they would not. <laughs> they might. No. No. Fire nations ahead of not. time. Um, whatever the case, uh, yes. you open up. Tanks. You open up one of these drawers and you find some common person's clothes. Uh, that's not what you're looking for. So you continue to open more some of, the, some of the other drawers. And sure enough, eventually you find some aprons that match the ones that everybody else out there are wearing. Um, additionally, you find some very heavy gloves um, able to sort of resist heat to some extent just because they're such a heavy material. And you also find some uh, hats uh, to protect your hair. You find some boots. Uh, it takes a little while to find boots in your size, though. That's kind of the main tricky aspect. But sure enough, you're able to eventually find boots that are in your size. Uh, every once in a while, somebody walks in. Uh, they see you guys looking around. Uh, Brock, I assume, probably turns to them holding his clipboard, and he's like, can I help you? Yeah. <laughs> and immediately they say, oh, no, sorry, and then they leave. <laughs> um, that happens maybe like twice, uh, but... You know, like I said, they don't seem like people that would really ask questions. But whatever the case, you guys have a full factory worker costume that you've put together at this point. Each one of you. On to the assembly floor we go. Yep. Hi ho. Uh, do you still have your clipboard with you, or Obviously, are you gonna? Oh, you're keeping that. Okay. As you guys step out from what was basically the break room, uh, you see another individual. Not wearing an apron, but rather wearing some finer clothes with a uh, hat. With the same hat, but not the same rest of the clothing. And he is also wearing a clipboard. And he says, you four. And then he sees Brock's clipboard. He goes, oh, sorry. <laughs> you three, get back to work. What are you doing? Your break's been over for, for a good five minutes now. Sorry, I was holding him up. I just had needed some help with... Uh... Some extra logistical stuff. Don't don't be too hard on him. Logis- what do you want? What do you want these people for logistical stuff? I mean, uh, they, they don't know anything. They just they're they're grease monkeys. Yeah, but some of them are pretty grease smart. Grease monkey hogs. Some of them are pretty smart, and uh, you know, sometimes with all the heat, you can't remember uh, how to multiply and divide. And these guys are pretty sharp, so uh, they were they were helping me out with some quick maths. And he comes walking over and he says, oh, let me see that. I, I don't no, trust is, their math. This is all. for not for your eyes, sir. This is above you. Excuse me? My clipboard is heavier than yours. It is above you. Uh, <laughs> this, this is when... My uh, clipboard is larger than yours. Ergo, <laughs> I am more important, sir. All right, Roland, intimidate. Is that... That's with passion. 
13. 13? <laughs> okay. Um, so on a hit, they choose one. On a 10 plus, you pick one they cannot choose. Okay. okay. So here's the options that they have to choose from because you're you're intimidating him by telling him that you are more important than he is. Okay. Um, first one is they run to escape to get back up. The second one is they back down but keep watch. The third one, they give in with a few stipulations. Or thir- lastly, they attack you but off balance. I wouldn't expect him to attack me. Uh, and that's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, if you think that they wouldn't choose one of these options anyways, then yeah. I would say, like, I'm yeah. not going to sit here and be like, oh, man, he didn't pick that one. Perfect. I'm going to screw him. Yeah. Like, I'm still going to play the logic game here. So he will not leave and get back up. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, instead, he is going to, he's going to back down, but he's going to keep watch. Uh, he now dislikes you. You are that coworker. That he couldn't necessarily deny that you might have more power than he does, but man, he's gonna find a way to shut you down because he's that kind of a guy. I love it. I love sewing <laughs> office discourse. Yes, fantastic. That'll be the true uh, fall of this factory for sure. Mm. <laughs> um, so, yes, the man with the. Yes, yeah, so he sabotaged them, but in a way that's not obvious at first. <laughs> and oh, six we months to- later. We toppled the social hierarchy. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go back into the break room and eat some people's lunches. Oh, oh man, yeah. that would really spark things, man. You're gonna next thing you know you start we're like around. yeah cool great idea that way we cause discourse he's like oh yeah discourse <laughs> <laughs> you start walking around to the employees and you're like you guys ever heard of a thing called unionizing <laughs> <laughs> management's just like oh please oh gosh no um, awesome all right so so you you've gotten this guy off your back at least for the time being so sweet the power of a clipboard man it's it's I, I am thoroughly impressed honestly I'm gonna go by myself one at my earliest convenience. And a ladder. And a ladder. Clipboard or a ladder. Nobody questions a guy just got his ladder. He's got work to do. Yeah. You'll carry a ladder around for fun. Yeah, you can get into you can probably get anywhere you want. Uh-huh. You can get into an airport with that thing. <laughs> and this has been another episode of How to Con People. Thanks with, Connor. with Connor. With <laughs> Connor. Connor the Con. Oh snap. Are you like me, a fan of piracy or privateering um, out in your D&D campaign? Well, check this out. We have been working on a brand new airship combat system that means you and your privateer crew can now take to the skies and pillage at new heights. Within this system, you will get three-dimensional dynamic movement and combat rules. You'll get a brand new updated aircrew system, as well as brand new spells, items, creatures, and example airships for you to use in your campaign, as well as crews to put on them. But I think the coolest part about all of this is we have a custom shipbuilder application that will allow you to customize and build your very own airship. It means you and your team can have exactly what you want as you take on the skies. If you're interested in any of that, check out our Sky Zephyrs Kickstarter here at Hermie and the Dude. Snyder's Return is a tabletop roleplay interview and actual play podcast. 
we chat with content creators from both mainstream and indie publishers and we release actual play episodes of systems like our City of Mist game, Meddlers, Monsters and Mabin and more games coming in the future. We also have a TTRPG review show on YouTube, Fly Like a D6. Come and check us out. You can find us on Twitter at Return Snyder, Instagram, Snyder's underscore return. You can find us on YouTube at Snyder's Return, Discord, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, Skylar here, your friendly neighborhood game master. I just wanted to take a moment to let you know that we at Benders and Brews have been working our creative juices extra hard and pushing our artistic skills to the max in order to bring you some sick Benders and Brews merch. That's right. You can head on over to the Tee Public shop we created where you can snag shirts, stickers, mugs, and so much more with your favorite B&B characters on them. Grab a Chibi Mika baseball t-shirt, or maybe you want a broccoli mug designed with the Employee Blissful Brew Tea Shop logo. There's all of those and more, and even more down the road when we come up with ideas. So head on over to Tee Public and search for Benders and Brews, or you can follow us on social media where we'll post the links that'll be easily available to all of you. And of course, if you get some of our merch, be sure to tag us in a photo of you with the respective B&B swag, because all of us at the studio would love to see it. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right, so uh, back to this show. You, uh, like I said, you've got this guy off your back for for the time being. You've got these three underling employees standing in front of you, waiting to be assigned some work. Yeah, so I'll uh, I'll tell Guo on. Uh, you go over to the assembly line, and uh, for Bill, you head over to the what was the other thing? Furnace. The to the furnace. That's a caster. Casters are sort of like the molds that they put the melted metal into, and then that way it solidifies into the shape of the pieces um, that then get oh, okay. built into the machine. And, yep. uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was me answering. I like this guy. And, uh, and Mika. Uh, no, I'm not going to the furnace. Mika, you go over to the, the caster. Cap. And Mika, you go over to the furnace. You Fine. Uh, that doesn't work well with water. Well, uh, well right, what well, are you talking well, about? Well, it's water. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we'll start with the furnace just because that's kind of the first place that most of this process starts at. Um, What's Brock doing? That's a good question. I'm going to supervise. <laughs> with my clipboard. Yeah, what the heck? Okay, right, you know, he's doing his job. I want I'm doing my job. <laughs> Uh, Mika, you... Yeah, I want the notepad. He took the supervising job from Mika. <laughs> uh, Mika, you make your way over to the furnace, and immediately, the, the closer you get to it, the more you're hit with the just emanating heat that comes off of it. It is a massively hot fire. Um, there's a few people that are manning this furnace area. Um, you see people that are kind of overseeing the metal that goes into it. Uh, they'll kind of make sure that it's in the bins. It's not sticking out in any way that would make it bump up against the furnaces, like the edges of the opening that it just gets dumped into, um, and making sure all of it ends up inside. If any of it falls out of the little bins that dump it in, then they throw it into the furnace themselves. Although it's really hot to get that close. So most of them, they'll just put it into the next little bin that comes by. <laughs> These are like stone bins to make sure that they don't melt in the fire. Um, of course, there's somebody keeping an eye on the other side of the furnace where the uh, they have stone bins that are pulling 
the molten metal out of. Um, and then there are people behind the furnace that are operating sort of a giant, uh, what are those things called? It's like a bellows. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Sorry. No, I was thinking. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I don't know. I just came up with some dude, but I think, I, I think I've heard that term. Uh, okay. So it's bellows. Sorry. They're operating this massive bellows. Mm. Um, that's pushing air into the heat. And of course, every time that they press down on these bellows and the air goes shooting into this furnace, you can feel you know, that heat emanate even more as kind of the air pushes the heat outwards um, and helps to keep this fire going. Of course, there's a couple of people that are just shoveling this huge mound of what looks to be coal, uh, shoveling that into the furnace to also help fuel it. Uh, do you have a particular spot that you go to or what, where are you off to now that you're in this furnace area? The bellows. Okay. So you kind of come around to the back and you see these people on the bellows. They're sweating, obviously. Most people around the furnace area are very much sweating. Um, these people definitely have like the nice airy side of things. They're on the back side of the furnace, so it's not quite as hot as when you're kind of closer to the front. Um, but they're sweating more from the activity of it because it's a big bellows. You've got um, two people on, let's say there's two of them. You've got two people on each one. Both of them you know, have to raise and lift this thing up and down and up and down constantly. Uh, obviously, you know that your goal is to sabotage this furnace. So plug the air holes. Plug the got air it. holes. Sure. How do you want to do that? With their sweat. <laughs> Do tell. Don't be misty, misty air. Okay. Put out the fire. Oh, okay. So you're you're bending the sweat yes. off of these people, and then you <laughs> toss it into the. Yes. Um, it evaporates very quickly. Wow. In the little hole. Who the thunk it? Where the air comes out. Sure. I mean, it's hot. It's, it's so hot. Yeah. yeah, but it's great sweat droplets. They're sweating a lot. There's a lot of fire. <laughs> I mean, this is like insanely hot. I mean, it's like trying to rain on a volcano. Um, what else around me? Sure. Um, so there's the other positions that I talked about. The furnace itself is just like this giant, massive stone sort of orb almost or like a half orb i guess you could say uh with the copious amounts of fire in it obviously nearby you can see the assembly lines um there are the assembly lines where people are putting the things the pieces together there are the assembly lines where people are putting this like broken up pieces of metal onto or like the ore for the metal um and that's what's getting transported into the furnace itself um, there's the molten metal that's coming out of the furnace and that's getting taken away. Um, hmm, trying to think of what else. Is there anything in particular you're hoping to find? Something useful. Mm, something useful. That's a broad concept. Well, you don't necessarily want to be obvious about blocking the bellows. Sure, sure. Um, the bellows themselves are made out of some sort of like a almost fabricy material, which is what allows them to you know so I could open. Take, potentially close. take a one of those broken pieces of metal and try and tear the fabric. You discreetly. might be able to, yeah, that that could work. Okay, we'll try that. Okay, so you go over to the the conveyor belt where the metal is being brought in. 
Um, and you kind of just join the line and they're, like I said, kind of processing the metal, deciding what pieces, if anything needs to get pushed in or thrown in by hand, whatever the case, right? Um, sure enough, as you kind of just join into what they're doing, kind of follow their example, but secretly you're looking and you find a long piece of protruding metal. It looks like it could have been an old spear of some kind, possibly. Mm. Um, but it's, you know, it's kind of bent and warped or whatever. So whoever previously owned it doesn't really want it anymore. And so they threw it out and this is where it ended up. Um, I am going to... Take it and hide it within, like, my skirt dress thing. Okay. Actually, I'm in the uniform, and I? Uh, yeah, you've got, the, like, the apron. I mean, it's more, like, over your clothes, I guess, technically. Well, I'm going to try and hide it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's do a push your luck, which is with passion. Ten. Ten. Okay. Um, your boldness pays off despite the costs. Uh, you gain an additional lucky opportunity. Ooh, I don't know. Um, oh, okay. AKA yeah. What? Stretch, tearing the fabric indiscreetly. Got it. Possibly, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so you take the spear and you kind of put it into your clothing in some way, shape, or form. Um, but it definitely works. Nobody notices around you. You do this. Um, as you are doing this, uh, somebody over on the bellows collapses. Uh, they're just sprawled out on the floor. They're completely unconscious. Uh, one of the sort of manager people, in fact, it's the same one that was just giving Brock some crap uh, just moments ago, comes rushing over and says, get this guy off of the, uh, the get him out of here. He's, uh, if he's not working, uh, Doc is pay. Uh, he's not working right now. So obviously these hours don't count. Uh, let's see. Uh, somebody needs to run Ben. Uh, you, you there. And he points at you and he says, I need you to run Bellows. Um, get him, get him going. We gotta, we gotta keep this fire hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I walk over there. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Um, he kind of follows off after the employee that passed out as he's being hauled away by like a guard. who's just kind of pulling him by his arms. Uh, you take hold of the bellows, kind of following in suit with the other person that's doing it. Uh, so now you're on bellows duty and you have this, this spear in your position. I'm just here to, you know, reach around and just... And poke a hole? Yeah. Do you do it discreetly in any way uh, to avoid this other employee that's also doing it uh, with you? Or are you doing anything to keep them from, from noticing? Or are you just kind of going for it? I feel like I can do it pretty discreetly because I'm sure with the both of us, it's probably like putting more effort into... Sure. Oh, you're you're going off the hope that they're like kind of distracted. Yeah. Uh, do Tired we, and distracted, you know, right, hopes right. that his partner just passed out or whatever. Sure. I'll have you do one more push your luck. Ten. Ten again. All right. Awesome. Sure enough, as you lift up, you stab very like careful like uh i i'm imagining you have the spear kind of hidden like by your leg mm -hmm. and so you kick your leg out in such a way that it kind of shoots the spear out from underneath your skirt and pokes it into it so that definitely nobody would see that you do this um you kick so hard that the spear actually pokes all the way through this bellows and out the other side and as you push down you know the air just kind of comes out the side and 
it deflates really quickly. So the other person on the other side just kind of like falls really quickly to the ground and then scrambles to get up and they're like, oh no, oh no, this is not good. Oh dear. Uh, and starts just kind of looking around wildly, like not sure what to do. Um, they're a bit distracted. Uh, they might think it might have been their fault or they just have no idea what to do in this situation and they're really worried about getting in trouble. Um, I'm gonna panic with them. Okay, <laughs> just like play along. Um, okay, what, what does that look like? Um, I'm just gonna kind of like throw my hands up in the air. Like you just don't care, or like you do care. Like I do care. Oh, okay. Or like an interpretive dance. <laughs> an interpretive dance. <laughs> and the interpret no. the dance uh, interpretation is panic. And I'm going to say, oh, no, what are we going to do? And I'm oh, kinda, I don't know. I'm going to, like, kind of run to the side and see if I can pull out the sphere. The, the spear. spear. Okay, okay. Yeah, you're able to pull it out. Yeah. Uh, but now it's, you know, got these gaping holes in it, of course. Yeah, and I'm just going to toss it into the other one. <laughs> Not discreetly. To the other belt? <laughs> are you doing it like, oh, no, I did it by accident. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, so, yeah, I'm going to just go with it. You, you toss <laughs> the spear as if you were just getting it out of the way, but in truth, it goes shooting forward and into one of the other bell or the other bellows. Um, now it has a bit of a protruding hole in it, and now they're freaking out. Oh, oh no! What? You guys have a hole? Oh no! We all have one. Oh, what are we gonna do? Oh no! Not my bellows. <laughs> Um, everybody's panicking at this point. They're freaking out. They're shouting it back and forth at each other. What, what do you do? <sighs> hey guys, I'll, I'll go see if I can find some fabric or something to try and repair the, the bellows. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, find us a patch. Yeah, you got it. And I'm going to run towards one of those three. Who's the other closest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. We'll jump over to... Um, let's see, the, the furnace is definitely down right now. The uh, furnace is starting to cool without the assistance of the air that keeps the, the heat really like pumping. Um, that's not good for it, so that's definitely on the problematic side. Uh, let's jump to the casters. Bill, you're on the casters duty. Uh, you approach and you see these large uh, metal, or actually no, stone, it's gotta be stone. Uh, you see these large stone or various stone casters. They are just uh, inlaid with sort of a shape for a specific piece of whatever these things that they're building is. Um, as they move on a conveyor belt, like much of the things in this uh, room, as they move by sort of the other end of the furnace, there's some containers that go into the furnace. They pull out the molten metal and then they dump it into these casters. Um, the casters come around a long ways to get to your area, um, giving the metal some time to cool. Your job, as you look around and see the other people working, is to turn this caster upside down and make sure that the metal comes out of it so that it can move on to the people that put it all together. What, what parts is it making? Um, it looks like... A lot of gears these aren't like the big ones you can see the area where the big ones are being worked on but it's kind of a special process that revolves a lot more like machinery in and of itself um, but these are sort of for the smaller pieces so you've got your gears your cogs your um, 
various pieces along those lines. Uh, your handles, your cup holders. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But obviously these are key pieces. This you know, is the big the machine. I would say that I would even go yeah, as far yeah. as to argue that these are the very, like, the small but very important pieces. Yeah. Like, if something came out and wasn't quite right, it probably wouldn't, the whole machine wouldn't run kind of thing. Yeah. Like the spark plugs and the, the engine components. Um. And, of course, because they're such specific and necessary pieces, anything that happens to the casters would cause a lot of problems with the development of more of these uh, weapons or war machines or whatever it is that they're designing because they would have to get brand new ones of these casters. You can't just fix it, per se. You would have to order a whole new caster in order to get the piece just right. How do you break a caster? Hmm. Uh, how easy do you break if you're a stone bender. caster. Do you have your staff with you? By yeah. The way? Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> I have a staff on my back. Uh, you definitely notice a couple of strange looks from some of the other employees as they see it, you know, sticking out from. Oh, you got death glare back. Oh, okay, and they don't look at you again <laughs> after. Ah, <laughs> uh, and I'm mean, just just stand there. I'm not even. Okay. Go ahead. I have a metal plate. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're moving. Is there a hole? On the top of the caster, or what? What is the caster? It just so it, moves and it just puts It comes something. in on the conveyor belt, and then you would just take the caster, you'd flip it over, pop the piece out, and then put it back and let it oh. go back. Yeah. Okay, so casters are just a bunch of smaller parts? Yeah. Oh, so I had to destroy all these little parts? Um, some of them come in, they're like medium size. I mean, they're, they can get kind of large, a bit heavy. Uh, so that's the situation. Okay, go for it. Let me saying, Skylar, please give me a solution because oh, sure, sure. I have absolutely no idea what to do here. Eight. Eight. Okay. So on a seven to nine, you can ask one of the questions. Uh, they are, what here can I use to blend? Destroy the casters. What here can I use to destroy there the casters? There you go, John. Okay. Hey, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, you see that over on the side, <laughs> um, there are some hammers that are used. Uh, you watch as one of the employees, they're shaking the, the caster. It's not coming out. So they go over, they get a hammer, and it's got, uh, you know, it's a typical, like, ball pen hammer kind of a thing, or uh -huh. not even a ball pen. I don't know, whatever it is. But it's got, you know, the hook side and then the blunt side. And they'll usually use the hook side to try to work the piece out, pop it out of the caster. It's good to go. Um but there's always the blunt side. These are not metal casters. Keep that in mind. These are stone. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there a sledgehammer? Yes. Okay, I'm going to grab it. Okay, you got a sledgehammer. Yeah. It does not look like it's been used in a long time. In fact, you can kind of... Well, you have gloves on, but you can see dust kind of come off of it. Um, you wonder why it's even here. Maybe yeah, in case true. of emergency Sorry, or something. I'm going to walk over to my stand. I'm just going to kind of lean on my sledgehammer. Okay. And then, do I hear the ruckus that has been caused over at the... Uh... Sure, yeah. <laughs> Since you've been... Yeah, yeah, it's not far. Oh, I'm going to be like, hey, what's going on over there? Um, some of the people kind of like glance over at you, but they look a little like they don't want to glance at you because they're worried you might just <laughs> glare at them again. What? Do you guys hear that, that commotion over at the furnace? Uh, a couple of them look up and they look over towards the furnace. They kind of peek a little bit and then they, they kind of nod their heads. I wonder what that's all about. We should go check it out. They're, they're looking around. I'm, I'm not going to leave my station. That's how you get in trouble. Oh. Okay. 
Uh, I know the clipboard guy. He'll be. <laughs> I know the guy in charge. He won't mind. Well, we all know who's in charge. Yeah, it's that new guy. I'm gonna point at Brock, <laughs> the clipboard guy. who's just standing there. Yeah, I was gonna say you just, are supervising. And you just see Bill point there. at you over there yeah, he's as the, you supervise. He's the new supervisor. You look up charge. from your blank rock clipboard <laughs> and you see Bill pointing at you. I just kind of nod back at him. Just like, yep. Give him a thumbs up. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> See, you'll be fine. You gave me a thumbs up. Uh, I mean, you can do a. Let's do a plead. Okay. Uh, seven. On seven and nine, they need something more. Evidence that this is the right course. He's got a clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever he, seen someone in power? You just who gave me a thumbs a up. What does that even mean? It means that uh, he has super I work, hearing. I work directly under him, so I know exactly what that thumbs up means. It means you're doing a great job. Everything's under control. Well, here. how how do we know that they even need our help over at the bellows? Listen, <laughs> he's gonna put his ear into his ear and just listen to the sounds of. Voices of people going, whoa, 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 in the distance. Uh, they all look over to the guy with the clipboard. <laughs> I'll just, uh, can I hear, can I <laughs> no, probably hear, not, you no. absolutely cannot hear what they're saying <laughs> all right. over I just, the sound of heavy they're, machinery they're being all made. They're just staring at you. I'll just, uh, <laughs> you see the whole department of uh, casting department just staring at you. I'm just going to look up from my clipboard and I'm just going to look at, I'm just going to point, point at Bill and just, yeah, I'm just going to point at Bill. Uh, That's all I'm gonna do because I can't say anything. Describe describe how you're pointing. Is it an aggressive point? No, it's like a. a, a, He's like you smart. smart. You smart. You loyal. You loyal. You loyal. (laughs) I'm like a yeah. This guy, he's got a good brain in his head. This dude. (laughs) How many DJ Khaled quotes can we get into into this episode? Uh, Uh, At least another one. (laughs) <laughs> oh, good one, no. You ever play rugby? <laughs> bring out the whole lobster. Wait. Tell him to bring out the lobster. Bring out the lobster. Okay, uh, I'm going to say that, that so given the fact that you needed some more reason for them to <laughs> do it. just points at And he put, I would say that's roughly enough reason. They all look at you and they say, well, what do you want us to do? Uh, just run over there, see what they need help with. I'm sure... It will be quick, you know. They just probably need all hands on deck right now. What about what about the casters? I got it. Are you sure? He left me in charge. He pointed at me and everything. That he did. All right. <laughs> and sure enough, a, a fairly large migration of the caster department starts to head over to go see what's going on over at the bellows. All right, and then I'm gonna put the the uh, the sledgehammer on my shoulder and start walking towards the casters. <laughs> Looking like, all. Like uh, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. And, and, yep. What was that movie? Zoolander. Yeah, Zoolander. I'm walking to the casters. <laughs> and I just stand up and just break them. Just start hitting them with the You just start hammer. smashing them. Everybody was over at the bellows station right now, pretty distracted. The guy that was giving Brock crap earlier, he's over there trying to figure out what's going on. Um... 
obviously, Mika, you left because you're off to, quote-unquote, find a patch, which is good because there's a lot of people over there right now. And they're all just shouting at the bellows, like, what are we doing? Which gives you ample opportunity to smash a bunch of these casters in. Yeah, you flash back to Bill, who's, I don't know, looks like an 80s music video or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sweat rolling down his body. Nice. Sparks fly as he smashes these stone casters. That's apart. right. Just particles flying up towards him as he's plowing through with a big old smile on his face. Um, whoa, you're over at the assembly line station. This is technically before all this craziness has gone on, but as you approach, you see people with a number of various tools, wrenches, uh, screwdrivers, sure, um, mostly wrenches. Let's go with wrenches. Screwdrivers seems a little too modern. Uh, they got wrenches, they're, you know, you put a, you take a piece, you put another piece in it. You take a bolt and you tighten that on it, and then you set it down. And each person looks like they have kind of more of a specific. They they grab very specific pieces that are on the assembly line. They put those together, and then they set the completed piece down. And then that goes on, and people pick that up, and they put that onto some other pieces, so on and so forth. Uh, you have absolutely no idea how this machine is put together. Uh, but there's plenty of wrenches, and your job is to screw up the assembly line. What are you doing? All right. Uh, so I go over to uh, the cart with the tools on it and grab grab some wrenches off of it. Uh, He's dual-wielding wrenches. <clears throat> I also grab, like, a, a hammer, one that has, like, the pointed side to it. Okay. Or maybe a crowbar or something. Oh, yeah, there's definitely one of those. I just grab a whole tool belt and strap <laughs> yeah, that on. Strap it on. <laughs> nice. Whoa, the tool man. (laughs) Spin on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Cover, adjust my hard hat a bit to cover Dilbert, who is still on my head. (laughs) All right, so this assembly line, is it made out of, is it like a belt or? Yeah, it's kind of just like a sort of a rotating belt. So um, you actually see on either side of these uh, these assembly lines. There's literally a dude that has to just crank <laughs> the assembly line. That's just all he does all day. Is mm. just cranks the assembly line so that it's constantly moving. And there's somebody at each one of the different like sort of assembly lines, but this mm-hmm. one's the the primary one. The other ones are just like you know pick up the metal, dump it into the casing, not a big deal. But this one's the one that makes sure that the pieces are getting put together. Obviously, so it's mm. pretty vital. Not that the others aren't, but I digress. And so the pieces that are coming through, um, let's see. First off, I'm going to go up to like the more beginning where there's fewer pieces that have been assembled yet. Okay. Um, and I'm going to, uh, is there a person working on this section of it? 
Um, like where the initial pieces kind of pop out. Yeah. Um, not so much here. Uh, the line starts a little bit further down, and that's where the they start to collect them. So you have to like kind of give them a second to like cool down once they get popped out of the casters mm-hmm. okay. before you can start picking them up and putting them together and stuff like that. So. So I'm gonna take take the crowbar and like pry off. Try to pry off like the side of the assembly line, like the guard that's keeping all the, the stuff on the belt. Okay, okay. Um, you start doing this, uh, and somebody approaches you. Uh, he's holding a clipboard. It's oh, not no. the same guy as before. Actually, you know, it is the same guy as before. There's like one manager guy that's been working here <laughs> in this area. And he says, well, what exactly are you doing? Oh, I just gotta take this fender off here to, to lube the bearings. That's pretty good. Uh, do you want to roll me a trick? No, I got a seven. A seven, all right. Um, so you pick one. Uh, they stumble, you take plus one forward when acting against them. They act foolishly. The GM, me, tells you an additional opportunity that you get, or they overcommit and they are deceived for some time. Uh, they overcommit and are deceived for some time. Oh. I, said, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, sorry about that. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to confuse uh, or get uh, in, into your business. Uh, yeah, you do, yeah, do what you, you know, gotta do. I mean, I'd like for him to stop the assembly line while I do this, but, you know, time is money. Oh, you right? know, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, sorry. I can't help you with that. But, uh, I mean, if, if you really need it, I don't know. Uh, I can check with upper management and see if that's allowed, but... Uh, in the meantime, uh, yeah, do what, do what you gotta do. Sorry, I didn't mean to bother you. Oh, no worries. It's a nice clipboard you got there. Oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, uh, hey, uh, get your opinion on something. Uh, you think my clipboard's nicer than that guy's over there? He points over at Brock. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bigger clipboard, though. I mean, look at this thing. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's got nice features. Uh, you know, this is better. This is a better clip. I mean, this is specially made. Look at it. It's got my name. It's got my name engraved on it. Yeah, yeah. It's a looks like a efficient product there. Thank you. Streamlined. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like just like a, it's more efficient than that. Whatever that. Yeah, I mean, that thing's made looks, of rocks. Looks a little bulky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, you're all right. No, no. Uh, you, yeah. Do what you got to do. I uh, appreciate it. Keeping the assembly line, uh, you know, where uh, up to date, where it's got to be. All, all right. Get back to it. Carry on. All right. So. Let's see, where are these these parts coming out at? Yeah, so they come from the assembly line, like kind of continues around. So it's like one big circle around the, the furnace. So they come from the casters section. Okay. Casters pop them out of casters, then they come around to you, give it some time to cool, and then and then you put it together. All right. Uh, what was going to take the, the crowbar and stick it in like the other side? Well... So he's cleared off the, the guard on the one side, so it's just, like, open. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's going to take, going across the... Like, the entire underside of the, or... No, like, the top side. Oh, okay, uh, okay. And so it's, like, diverting the parts just oh, onto the ground. <laughs> okay, okay, awesome. Uh, it's like, all right, what else can I do here? Uh, it goes to, it goes to another section, he says, uh... Goes up to the worker on that section. He says, uh, "Oh, hey, uh, uh, Brock, guy at the clipboard over there said you can. It's time to take your mandatory break." 
Oh, my break? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, you, you don't have to tell me twice. And he just <laughs> heads off to the break room. Hopefully nobody ate his lunch. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only. Ah, <laughs> uh, so Guo's gonna use the hammer now to, like, well, he's just gonna crawl underneath the this part of the assembly line. Okay. And he's gonna take the wrench and just start untightening bolts underneath there. Okay. So, like, eventually it'll loosen itself in the the crank will yeah. unscrew or whatever. Absolutely. Actually, he's going to take, like, the bolt completely off and then just, like, chuck it somewhere okay. else. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you unscrew the bolt, uh, you pop it off, and as you do, you know, things start to, like, buckle a little bit on the assembly <laughs> line, and you can hear it just to, like, a stop. This is happening just as the massive distraction over at the bellows is happening. And so, uh, rather than hearing people go, oh, what's happening to the conveyor belt? You hear footsteps starting to walk away from the conveyor belt as they go to investigate what's going on over at the bellows. Which is perfect because the assembly line is like at a full stop right now. Uh, Whatever you pulled out of it has completely stopped it. And obviously it was a key piece that you just tossed aside and has gone who knows where. Um. So I'm going to go to, like, the next section and just be like, repeat the thing. Like, sure. Yeah, Brock with the clipboard said it's time to go on your break. Oh, there's not even anybody there. Oh, okay. They've all gone to, like, investigate the Bella. Okay, so then I just take the hammer and I start whacking the crank on okay. the section. <laughs> and like, sure just enough, trying like, to bend it. Yeah, so you, you bend turn. it horribly into, like, a warped, yeah, situation. Um, and you do this from piece or section to section until all the sections have sort of a different problem that's wrong with them. Yeah, like what? I cut, take like a knife and like just cut through the belt. (laughs) The other one, I just like, all right, Dilbert, do your thing. I just like cover with (laughs) ink. I did say I would lube it up for Oh, oh, there it is. (laughs) Yeah, you have sufficiently, like I said, you've, you've caused such a versatile amount of different damage to the entire like conveyor belt. Like, it would take somebody a massive amount of time to not only find... And that's assuming they even have all the pieces since you've kind of tossed some of them who knows where. Um, so, yes, you have definitely destroyed the assembly line. Um, right now, Mika, I assume you you said you were coming over to meet with the, yeah. one of them. Um, right now, you have the... The four of you are, have completed your tasks, or three of you have completed your tasks. I mean, I guess, Brock, you've completed the task of supervising. <laughs> I was a great supervisor. You were a great supervisor. You nodded and pointed and thumbsed up. You brought out the whole as ocean. As necessary. I brought out the whole ocean, man. You, I got us in the building. That's right. That's right. Okay, so now you've all completed your tasks. You've sabotaged your pieces. Yeah, What? how are you getting well, out of here? We, uh, I mean, I got the clipboard. I'm just going to walk, gonna walk, out, the front door walk the out the front door. Okay, all right. And, I mean, if they're behind me, I'm just like, yeah, i got to take these guys on some extra training oh let me let me act that out uh sure enough yep there's the two guards that are just outside the door and they say hey uh what's uh where are you guys going oh uh i just got some four new hires uh we gotta you know take them on a full tour and i gotta take them on the outside uh just show them around oh okay take the old circumference check yep yes sir perimeter perimeter knowledge and such okay um yeah sure uh hey what uh? What's going on in there? I, oh, inside? I, yeah, there's like uh, shouting and stuff. 
Oh, uh, you know, there's uh, some of those company disputes. Some people wanted to ask for dental insurance. Could dental. you Could you imagine if we had <laughs> dental? I mean, there'd be anarchy. Uh, yeah, it'd, just, it'd be anarchy. I mean, That's... I love my dental, but, like, I mean, those guys, I mean, they're, they're making minimum wage. I mean, who cares, right? Exactly. You know, like part of the job. Hey, um, oh. hey. <laughs> real quick, uh, it's not like a union thing, right? Someone brought up that word. No, man. Oh, man. they brought it up. Oh, they wanted no. to unionize. That's oh. that's that's I'm why we, a headache already. That's why we got these new hires because they don't know about the union. <laughs> what's a, what's a union? See, they don't know. This is why we got to bring in new guys every week. He just glares at Bill and he's like, "Don't even say that word. I don't want to hear that word out of your mouth." Do you hear anybody <laughs> say that word? You tell me who it was. All right. He was inside. Yeah, all right. Well, we're going to find out about that. Anyway, sorry. Don't mean to bother you. Uh, have a great, uh, I don't know, rest of orientation. Uh, well, let us know if you guys need anything. Will do. You have a great day, sir. All right, wonderful. Um, as you guys walk out, I mean, where are you guys headed now that you're out of the factory? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Just away? Away, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you kind of like... Yeah. Or whatever. yeah you like... Ba- oh, back to the theory for your party. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that's way later. Yeah. Oh. How like long were we in there? Were we only in there? even an hour. You I guys like go. walk out of the factory and then you kind of like go around the building a little bit and then you just kind of stem off into the... Uh, this is where we ditch the... Uh, guys, we forgot to clock out. <laughs> <laughs> Overtime. Overtime. <laughs> And as you guys are making your way down the path, uh, you know, you can start hearing, like, escalated shouts and such from the factory as, you know, more and more things. You start to see uh, the, actually, the billowing smoke from above starts to dissipate ever so slightly, and you notice there's quite a significant less amount of that smoke. Um, And as you walk away proudly, uh, a voice emanates from behind you, and he says, (laughs) Hey, that was pretty well done in there. And you turn around. Standing before you is a fancily dressed man in ridiculously colorful clothing. He says, The name's Mayu Yinyu. It's great to meet all of you. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Of course, don't forget to follow or subscribe to our podcast through whatever podcast site that you're using, such as iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and others. Additionally, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for the social media icons. Following us on social media gives you access to all news, announcements, and of course new episodes as they are released. You can check out our website, bendersandbrews.com, which will feature all of our episodes as well as news, announcements, and even cool character and player profiles. It's a great hub of information for the Benders and Brews podcast. And finally, we would be truly humbled if you would be willing to take the time to leave us a review if your podcast site allows you to do so, such as on iTunes. Or, in the case of YouTube, you can hit the like and subscribe button and drop us a comment. Tell us about what you thought about our podcast episodes. It sure would mean a lot to us. Avatar Legends is a tabletop role-playing game created by Magpie Games. Nickelodeon, Avatar, and all related titles, logos, and characters are trademarks of Viacom International Inc. All rights reserved. I also want to thank the following artists who you can find on Fiverr for their amazing creative work on this podcast. Character art was done by Alicio Papadraw. Background art by Kenichi. Music by Joe Tims215. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.